Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 30 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Question. What is the work of God when he brings a sinner home to himself? Answer. One. The usual way is for God to make the soul to see and be sensible of the dreadful evil that is sin and the great breach that sin has made between God and it. For certainly, Jesus Christ can never be known in his beauty and excellence till the soul knows that. I do not say what secret work of the Holy Ghost there may be in the soul, but before the soul can actually apply Jesus Christ to itself, it is impossible but that it must come to know the evil of sin and the excellence of Jesus Christ. A seed of faith may be put into the soul, but the soul must first know Christ and know sin and be made sensible of it. Now, how contrary is this sin of murmuring to any such work of God? Has God made me see the dreadful evil of sin and made my soul sensible of the evil of sin as the greatest burden? How can I be then so much troubled for every little affliction? Certainly, if I saw what the evil of sin was, that sight would swallow up all other evils, and if I were burdened with the evil of sin, it would swallow up all other burdens. What? Am I now murmuring against God's hand, says such a soul, whereas... A while ago, the Lord made me see myself to be a damned wretch and apprehend it as a wonder that I was not in hell. Number two, yea, it is strongly contrary to the sight of the infinite excellence and glory of Jesus Christ and of the things of the gospel. What? Am I the soul? to whom the Lord has revealed the infinite excellence of Jesus Christ, and yet shall I think such a little affliction to be so grievous to me when I have had the sight of such glory in Christ as is worth more than 10,000 worlds. A true convert will say, Oh, the Lord at such a time gave me a sight of Christ, that I would not be without for 10,000, thousand worlds. But has God given you that, and will you be discontented for a trifle in comparison to that? Number three, a third work, when God brings the soul home to himself, is by taking the heart off from the creature, disengaging the heart from all creature comforts. That is the third work, ordinarily, that the soul may perceive of itself. 
It is true, God's work may be altogether in the seeds in him, but in the various actings of the soul, in turning to God, it may perceive these things in it. The disengagement of the heart from the creature is the calling of the soul from the world. Whom the Lord hath called he, hath justified. What is the calling of the soul but this? The soul which before was seeking for contentment in the world and cleaving to the creature is now called out of the world by the Lord who says, O soul, your happiness is not here. Your rest is not here. Your happiness is elsewhere and your heart must be loosened from all the things that are here below in the world. This is the work of God in the soul, to disengage the heart from the creature. And how contrary is a murmuring heart to such a thing. Something which is glued to another cannot be taken off, but you must tear it. So it is a sign your heart is glued to the world that when God would take you off, your heart tears. If God, by an affliction, should come to take anything in the world from you, and you can part from it with ease, without tearing, it is a sign then that your heart is not glued to the world. Number four, a fourth work of God in converting a sinner is this, the casting of the soul upon Jesus Christ for all its good. I see Jesus Christ in the gospel as the fountain of all good, and God, out of free grace, tendering him to me for life and for salvation. And now my soul casts itself, rolls itself, upon the infinite grace of God in Christ for all good. Now, have you done so? Has God converted you and drawn you to his son to cast your soul upon him for all your good, and yet you are discontented for the want of some little matter in a creature comfort? Are you he who has cast your soul upon Jesus Christ for all good? As he says in another case, is this thy faith? Number five, the soul is subdued to God. And then it comes to receive Jesus Christ as a king, to rule, to order, and dispose of him how he pleases. And so the heart is subdued unto God. Now, how opposite is a murmuring, discontented heart to a heart subdued to Jesus Christ as a king? and receiving him as a Lord to rule and dispose of him as he pleases. Number six, there is in the work of your turning to God, the giving up of yourself to God in an everlasting covenant. As you take Christ, the head of the covenant, to be yours, so you give up yourself to Christ. In the work of conversion, there is the resignation of the soul wholly to God in an 
everlasting covenant to be his. Have you surrendered up yourself to God in an everlasting covenant? Then certainly this fretting, murmuring heart of yours is strongly opposite to it. Certainly you forget this covenant of yours and the resignation of yourself up to God. It would be of marvelous help to you to humble your souls when you are in a murmuring condition. If you could but obtain so much liberty of your own spirits as to look back to see what the work of God was in converting you, there is nothing would prevail more than to think of that. I am now in a murmuring, discontented way, but how did I feel my soul working when God turned my soul to himself? Oh, how opposite is this to that work, and how unbecoming. Oh, what shame and confusion would come upon the spirits of men and women if they could but compare the work of corruption in their murmuring and discontent with the work of God that was upon their souls in conversion. Now, we should labor to keep the work of God upon our souls which was present at our conversion. For conversion must not be only at one instant at first. Men are deceived in this if they think their conversion is finished merely at first. You must be in a way of conversion to God all the days of your life. And therefore Christ said to his disciples, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye be converted. Why? Were they not converted before? Yes, they were converted, but they were still to continue the work of conversion all the days of their lives. What work of God there is at the first conversion is to abide afterwards. There must always abide some sight and sense of sin. It may, not, it may be not in the way which you had, which was rather a preparation than anything else, but the sight and sense of sin is to continue still, that is, you are still to be sensible of the burden of sin as it is against the holiness and goodness and mercy of God to you. And the sight of the excellence of Jesus Christ is to continue. And your calling away from the creature and your casting of your soul upon Christ and your receiving Christ as a king still receive him day by day and the subduing of your heart and the surrendering of yourself up to God in a way of covenant. Now, if this were but daily continued, there would be no space nor time for murmuring to work upon your heart. That is the fourth point. This concludes episode 30 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.